Well, we're on to scripture readings, and I think I'm the I think I'm the whole show at this point, Bueller. <laughs> I wonder if I do a little intro and you read the, the first section. Okay, if that's okay. As long as you're still up here. Uh, so the little intro is that we have uh, most of John chapter 11 as our gospel today, and we're going to read parts of it. Uh, this is the fourth of four straight weeks of gospel lessons that are an entire chapter, each focusing on a conversation Jesus has with an individual figure. And in each case, those conversations, uh, to me, when you read them, they aren't like holy scripture and everything's perfect. There are these, these great dialogues with a lot of tension and sometimes humor and, and sometimes kind of sadness and challenge. And in the midst of all of that, Jesus is meeting these imperfect individuals and, and meeting them where they're at and walking with them to something beyond where they were when it started. It's just amazing stuff. And so this particular story starts with uh, sisters you perhaps have heard of, Mary and Martha. They have a brother, Lazarus, who apparently falls ill suddenly. They send to Jesus for help. He doesn't get there in time. Lazarus dies. That's where we pick up the story. Uh, the first section is from John chapter 11, verses 17 through 27. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus has already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. So let's call this little segment, Not a Rule Follower After All. So question number one is, when you think of yourself and your personality, are you a rule follower? It's an artificial thing, of course, and everybody falls on a spectrum, and maybe everybody's a little different in uh, any given situation. But when you think of yourself, are you a rule follower who finds comfort and, and, and kind of strength in, in rules and following them, or somebody who tends to uh, go around them or get outside of them? It's kind of interesting to me when I think of the biblical sisters, Mary and Martha, that we have two stories about them in Scripture. And one of those stories is in Luke chapter 10, and it's five verses long. And the other one is here in John chapter 11, and it's 40 verses long. Which of those two stories do you think most people think of, and which one seems to define people's impression of Mary and Martha? And I'm pretty sure the answer is the shorter story, the one that's only five verses long. That's the one uh, in Luke chapter 10 where Jesus comes to their house and, and Mary appears to be the rule follower. She does everything that was expected of a woman in that world. She bustles about preparing food and doing everything she can to host these unexpected guests. 
Meanwhile, Mary, her sister, breaks the rules, sits at Jesus' feet, and learns from him. Martha is the rule follower. Mary is the one who's outside the box. Now we get to John chapter 11, a much longer story. Lazarus apparently falls ill suddenly. Mary and Martha send word to Jesus, come, help us in this time of, of illness and desperation. He purposely delays, does not get there in time. He gets there four days after Lazarus has died. This means that Martha and Mary would have, by Jewish custom, been, been sitting Shiva. Shiva is the Hebrew word that means seven. And so the, the ancient custom was that a family in grieving would gather for seven days and people would come to them. They'd bring food and they'd cry with them and they'd laugh with them and they'd, they'd remember the person who had died. And this is how people grieve together collectively. And, and part of that custom at that time was that you could only leave the house to go to the grave. So when Martha gets word that Jesus is coming and he's still two miles away, she breaks the, the, the Shiva custom entirely. She flies out of the house and she heads in Jesus' direction. That's not exactly the activity of a rule follower. Because she's on a mission and when she gets there, she lays into Jesus. And what she says to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And both the vocabulary and the sense of that moment is that she speaks it with, with an indignation and a resentment that he had let them down when they needed him the most. The, the thing about Jesus is, is he's never afraid of, of what comes at him in terms of human emotion. Nor does he ever hold it against any of us when we are so painfully honest with him as Martha is in this story. He absorbs that energy, does not fire it back at her, but instead begins this conversation with her about life and how it might in fact stretch to eternity. And can she believe that or not? And you see, that's the question for all of us. In both moments of trial, like the one we're in right now, maybe even more so in moments where everything seems under control, it comes down to a question of belief. Is there more to life than what we're experiencing right now? What do you say? Done with the first section. Our second section continues on verses 28 through 35. When Martha had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The people who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary got up, get up quickly and go out, so they followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Judeans who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. The word of the Lord. Thank you, God. So let's call this little section, Come and See. So a couple of years ago, Matt, who's uh, like filming this right now, uh, on one of our Sunday evening youth group nights, uh, had us play a game kind of like the newlywed game. And that's the one where uh, you're given questions and then you have to predict what the other person would have said. This little test of how well you actually know each other. And we were talking about it, and we couldn't remember if the whole youth group played this or if we just had siblings playing it because we had a bunch of siblings in, in youth group at that point. All I remember for sure is that whoever was all competing, uh, the various partners knew each other pretty well. There were 15 questions. Uh, most people got like 9, 10, 11, 12 right, which I thought was pretty impressive. But there were two sets of siblings, two sets of sisters from the Jester family and the Randy family. They didn't just get all 15 correct. They got like all 15 correct, nailed down tight. They knew each other perfectly. Then it went into overtime. And, and there was this final question of like, what was it? Like how many songs are in your playlist yes. on like your, your phone at this point? Yeah. And so it was this enormous musical range. And, 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 and one set of sisters, like, who ended up winning? Was it the, I think the Rannies? I think it was the Rannies, yeah. They, like, got within, like, five total number. It was unbelievable. And then the Jesters, like, they were a little bit behind. But they didn't miss by much. It was spectacular. They knew each other so well. Sisters can know each other so well. It's, it, it kind of goes to what I was saying before. That, that when word comes back to Mary, that, that Jesus is now close to home, that she gets up and, and everybody goes with her because they think she's, she's following the Shiva regulations and she's going to the graveside. It's almost as if everyone in the story assumes that Mary, of all people, is sort of the rule follower and that Martha is more of the renegade. Just kind of an interesting reversal. But in reality, Mary is not immediately going to the grave either. She's going to intersect wherever Jesus and Martha are at that point, and together they will make their way to the grave, which they do. There's one other thing about this story that I think is so significant. It's, it's really the, the turning point in this whole gospel. And in the other Gospels, it's always very striking that when Jesus encounters someone new, one of the things he most frequently says to them is, is follow me. It is this open-ended invitation which gives the person agency to decide whether they will follow and how far and how deeply. It is an awesome invitation. It's different, though, in John's Gospel. Not better or worse, just different. In John's Gospel, the invitation is come and see. And again, it's wonderfully open-ended and allows someone to start on the process and then, in a sense, be uh, challenged as far as they are able to come and see. 
it's no mistake at all, I think, that in this story, Mary weeps before Jesus. They go to the tomb. Jesus weeps with them. And then he asks to see what we all are afraid of in life. He asks to see the tomb, the place of death, the thing that we all have this tendency to avoid or minimize or to run away from. And, and what do people say to him? Come and see. Even to Jesus, it was an open-ended invitation. Will you draw near enough to us, O oh Jesus, in, in our, our fears or our minimizing or our agony or whatever it is that we're experiencing, so much of which sometimes makes us either truly unlovable or we feel unlovable. Will you come and see that? Or might you walk away the ultimate human fear? Of course, Jesus drew near. Done for now. <laughs>